Welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam. So, let's discuss um, in an impromptu bonus episode um, the trailer that dropped kind of by surprise today for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is a title that I hate because of my speech impediment. So a, a title that has that many S's in it is automatically going to be a problem for me. Um, but let's talk about the trailer. Uh, a few things of note that I want to say. Number one, I really like the set design production value, and this is really good. It kind of looks like it's on par with, like, Black Panther, which I think set the bar very high in terms of production design in a comic book movie. It's like that, and I would say Aquaman, but Aquaman was a touch worse than... Black Panther, um, and it, it looks like they're really, you know, going for it, and they're, they're gonna, they're swinging big on this one, and I like the design, I like a lot of the designs that they have, uh, for, like, where the Ten Rings are, and, you know, when we see where he's craning and things like that, I really like how they're, you know, going with that, um, I like the costuming so far, um, from what they've shown us, uh, I like the, uh, what's it called, the, uh, what was the other thing I really like, the, uh, the costuming, the, um, I like the way that they're, you know, playing it straight, which, where they could, you know, take it kind of goofy to an extent. And, you know, you have Aquafina there, uh, and she's a comedic actress, so, you know, to an extent, they were gonna, there's gonna be a humor element to it. Um, and, you know, that was a foregone conclusion when they announced she was cast. Um, I like her as, like, uh, what's it called? Um, in what little we see of her in the trailer. I mean, we see a lot of her in the trailer. And she does have a major role, but I don't think she's going to have a have that big of a role um, in the movie. Um, and the other thing is, it's like, I, I don't really go too deep on uh, Shang-Chi characters and mythology. I, I, I never really was one to read the Master Kung Fu comic. I don't know too much about it to begin with, to be able to say how accurate it is to the comic. But I do really like the costumes. I like how they look. Um... Also, um, what I'm not, what I do also like is I like the action looks pretty well choreographed and, um, and well shot from a cinematography standpoint, and it does make it look visually interesting, the fighting. Um, so like the sequence on the train where he's fighting, um, on the train looks pretty cool. Um, then again, I do also have the problem where it's like she's on, like the one where like Aquafina's driving the bus, or Katie I think her name is is driving the bus, and, um, they're in the, the car chase in San Francisco, it's, like, it's cool, but, like, we've seen this before, like, the fighting on the train, we saw this in Captain Marvel, uh, this looks better shot than what was in Captain Marvel, and the fight looks more interesting than what was in Captain Marvel, um, but, I, I don't know, I feel like this is a, uh, uh, I don't know, I feel like this, uh, this movie's gonna be good, but, like, that kind of sets it up in a way that, you know, it, 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 it seems like we've seen a lot of what we're getting before. Like, the other thing that really, like, you know, strikes me as odd is, like, looking at the, uh, the sequence with, um, what's it called? Like, the car chase with the bus, like, that, that final stinger shot of the bus going down the hill in San Francisco, it's like, I have seen a car chase in San Francisco so many times that it's like, it feels like a waste. Like, in Marvel movies alone, we've seen car chases in, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Black Panther, and, like, 
enough with the car chases. I mean, even Spider-Man Homecoming had a car chase in it. Uh, there was a, a, the sequence of the bus um, that was, like, largely panned by audiences in Far From Home. Um, it's, like, enough with the car chases. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the car chases. I don't need to see any more car chases. It's, it's been done to death. Unless you're going to do something very unique, like, each one of these things kind of did something unique with it. Like, I don't see how Shang-Chi is going to do something that different, considering, like, his power set doesn't lend itself. Like, Ant-Man and the Wasp, at least, they were, you know, growing and shrinking and, you know, doing things like that in the car chase. It was kind of cool. Like, unless it's very well shot action on the bus while the car chase is happening with the bus, then it, it, it kind of feels like they're just kind of wasting time. Like, you know, it feels like a time-killing exercise to, uh, to pad the runtime. Um, I don't know. But the action looks good, and that's really all I care about, is as long as the action is good and the action is well shot, that's the, really the most important thing about this movie, especially if they're going to be doing, like, Master of Kung Fu, and that's who Shang-Chi is, then that's all I really care about. Um, the Ten Rings are, you know, still a thing. Um, I, I, I hope that they kind of, like, did, like, have a brief throwaway about why this has been a thing since Iron Man and, like, then no one really cared about it for a while. Um, and then, like, there was the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, uh, the ten rings. I do like that the rings are on his arm instead of, like, rings on his finger. Um, because, like, the power rings on his finger could be a little silly, uh, in live action. But the rings on his arm kind of lend itself to better visuals. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. This is coming out before The Eternals, uh, after Black Widow. I want to say September. Um, yeah, September, because Black Widow is July, September is Shang-Chi, November is Eternals, and then December is uh, No Way Home. So, yeah, September is when this movie comes out. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm actually more excited for both this and The Eternals without a trailer than I am for, um, what's it called, for um, Black Widow. Because I feel like Black Widow would have been better served had they kept the May release date and or moved it up to April. Um, so that way it's not it was closer to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, especially considering the uh, the big reveal of Julia Louis Dreyfus, who was supposed to debut in Black Widow, and this character is you know Madame Hydra. I feel like that would have been a smarter thing to, like, th I think when we get through to the end of Phase 4 of Marvel, uh, when all is said and done, we're going to see that this phase, due to COVID, was completely thrown out of whack um, by, I mean, and not just COVID, because it was also the director issue on um, uh, Doctor, uh, Doctor Strange, um, but... The entire thing was planned out from the beginning to tell a cohesive story, and we're going out of order now. And I don't know how well that's going to translate, because, like, when you watch the last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, when they introduce um, Val, um, I'm going to call her Val, because I don't remember her entire name. I'm going to call her Madame Hydra. When they introduce her, it's kind of introduced where we see her coming out, you know, and, and it's like, it's a big reveal of a character we already know. Um, like, that's the way that that scene is framed. It's not framed where 
you know, it's it's a big reveal of someone new. Like, especially considering that how little information is given about her. Um, it's, it's as if we're supposed to know about her um, before going into that scene. Um, but we don't, because Black Widow didn't come out yet. It'd be like if they had a scene where they, like, brought, like if they brought in Yelena, which there are rumors of Yelena making an appearance in the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't know how accurate they are, but um, Yelena could be, if she shows up, um, then it would be like they, they would expect the writers would be correct to an extent in expecting you to know who she is. So they wouldn't spend a considerable amount of time like reintroducing the character. Like, this is Yelena. She is a, she's a member of the Black Widow program. She is the sister of uh, Natasha. Like, the adopted sister of Natasha. Like, they wouldn't go and retread all of that because it'd be a waste of screen time. And it's like, they can go, okay, this is Yelena. Hi, how are you? But, you know, they want to bring in the Hydra affiliates to, like, like Hydra is going to be a big thing on the ground in the MCU going forward, so it makes sense to do that. Now, but because it's told out of order, this is kind of throwing it out of whack. Like, that was the other thing I was thinking about watching this, is, like, Shang-Chi kind of exists in this world where it's kind of on its own. It's kind of isolated. Same thing with the Eternals, so the Eternals is a distant, distant prequel. Um about, you know, the, uh, the, the, um, the Celestials and doing their experiments on Earth and creating the Deviants and, you know, there's a lot of shit that goes into that, but that's all happening. Um, the, when you look at, like, what's going on with, um, say, what's it called, say, um, Marvel, like, uh, what's going on with, um, Multiverse of Madness, you know, WandaVision, and what's coming after that with Spider-Man No Way Home, the original release order was, you know, uh, Multiverse of Madden, uh, WandaVision was supposed to lead directly into Multiverse of Madness. If I remember correctly, it was supposed to end the weekend Multiverse of Madness came out. So there was no downtime. It was, boom, you've watched the show, show over, go see this movie. And then you would go see the movie, and it would pick up, and you would tell the, it would continue the story. Um, you don't quite get that with with the way this is going now. Whereas, like, we sit here and we're looking at, and we we, get, we now have time to dissect these, these things. It's like things are coming out of order. And it's going to be particularly interesting to see how they adapt uh, No Way Home. Uh, I keep going far from home, but if how they adapt No Way Home to fit into the fact that the multiverse has not been explained as a concept yet. I mean... To an extent, they can probably explain it away where it's like, okay, you've seen Spider-Verse? Yeah, that. We're doing that. But in live action. Like, you can, they can probably do that. Especially now that we know that Alpha Molina is definitely in it because Alpha Molina confirmed it. But, like, they can definitely pull that in. And they can definitely say, like, look, we know, like, uh, we know how this works. Um, like, you've seen this. this is, it's kind of just the same thing. Like, we're just doing that in live action. And it's like, all right, cool. Let's get started. Let's fight the Sinister Six. And that was kind of like... I, I know for a fact that Sony and I, I would assume that Marvel also wanted to do a Sinister Six movie almost out of the gate. Because, like, when you look at, like, um, everything that Sony has done um, since... Uh, what's the, What was the movie called? Uh, Amazing Spider-Man. They've been building towards a Sinister Six movie. That was their plan. They, they, they wanted to do this. Um, 
the issue is um, it didn't pan out because they were too busy building it. And now, because they can bring in the multiverse, they don't need to worry about reestablishing all these characters because, like, they're beloved at this point. Like, I would say that, like, you know, like it's a, he's a fan favorite, uh, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. They could bring in um, Willem Dafoe's, uh, what's it called, Willem Dafoe's, uh, what's his name, uh, Green Goblin. They can bring in um, Jamie Foxx's Electro. And I'm fine with, like, Jamie Foxx's Electro gets a lot of shit, but that scene in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, I dare you to watch that scene and find something wrong with it, the scene where he's fighting Electro um, while they're flying around New York City uh, or in the uh, in the power plant or any time he fights Electro. It's some of the best Spider-Man action in any Spider-Man movie. Um, so I'm interested to see these characters come in, but I'm also curious to see how they play off the fact that the concept of the multiverse hasn't been established yet. Because WandaVision had the bait and switch with, uh, what's his name, with Pietro. Um, and then, what was the other one we had? Um, like, Multiverse of Madness got delayed till after far, um, No Way Home. So because it got delayed, and we don't know if No Way Home will even make a release date, because unlike, um, well, unlike the other Marvel movies, which are, you know, Disney-produced and Disney-distributed, uh, No Way Home is created and distributed, created by... Sony and and Disney co-produced and I think distributed by Sony, so it wouldn't get you know premiere access, especially with this new deal they get signed with uh, what's it called with um, with Netflix. So it's gonna be it, it really is an interesting thing to see how they do this. Um, I think the best thing for it, which Sony would never do, because I don't think Sony necessarily cares about the. The storytelling aspect, as much as they care about the bottom line of a big budget Spider-Man movie, um, which let's be honest, I mean, Far From Home made a billion dollars, but if Far From Home didn't follow up Endgame, it, it wouldn't have made a billion dollars. Um, and it, it was advertised as the direct follow-up to Endgame, uh, unlike you know, say Captain Marvel, which is like was never billed as like this is directly leading into um, into. Infinity War, uh, into Endgame from Infinity War, it's like, it, it's a very different kind of animal, where it's like, you can't argue that this happened, um, I don't know, um, but what I do know is, I'm looking forward to Shang-Chi, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays off of what's really been explored in great detail so far, and that is how the blip affects people, and how the blip affects, you know, humanity as a whole, because it is a big deal that, like, had they just glossed over it, um, it would feel weird. Because it's like, you know, half the world's population vanished. What happened in those five years? And then all of a sudden, everyone comes back. It's like, all right. And now, like, jobs were given up to other people. Production, you know, flows are completely different. Like, um, the labor force, like, housing. Like, all of these things you can't quite just pretend didn't happen. Like, it's a big deal, and it would be a lot of, you know, it would be a lot to just ignore and pretend it never happened. Um, so I'm hoping it kind of does that, and I'm hoping that maybe that's something that the Ten Rings is really harping on, is that it used its, the time during the blip to really gain more power. Um, and I, I can't help but wonder if, you know, because Eternals was supposed to come out before... Um, Shang-Chi, 
if the Eternals was meant to introduce maybe the Ten Rings, like the physical objects, not the organization, because the organization was introduced in Iron Man, made another small appearance in Iron Man 2, if I remember correctly, Iron Man 3, you know, that's what Trevor Slattery is playing the Mandarin as, um, and it's like, it'd be interesting to see if, like, maybe that's where it came from, and now it's gonna be a little bit weird where it's like, you know, do they cut, if that's the case, do they cut that from the, from the Eternals, because, like, at that point, it's just kind of, like, extra information that would likely have been exposited in, uh, Far From Home, not in Far From Home, in, um, in Shang-Chi, but who knows, um, I don't, and again, I, I have nothing to go on, it's just pure conjecture, but one of the things I'm noticing as we go through Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where Phase 1, 2, and 3 were very well planned out, and there wasn't too much shifting of the order, um, it did kind of, you know, it, it, this phase seems to be doing a lot of, because of the shifting, I'm a little bit, you know, interested to see how they adjust the storytelling to this new situation. Um, of course, it's going to be moot because, like, I, I'm, I'm, like, 70% certain that Loki's going to introduce the multiverse, and then What If is also a thing, so, you know, let's see where it goes. Let's see how this does. And let's see where we are, you know, after Loki. Um, so we'll wrap up there for today. Uh, we have another episode going up Wednesday and then Friday. And we'll be introducing a new uh, way of selecting movies to be reviewed um, probably tomorrow. Um, I'll record that episode on my way to work. Uh, so until then, have a great rest of your day.